The Tampa Bay Buccaneers finally got the Brady to Evans connection back online as the Buccaneers beat the Panthers to win the NFC South in back-to-back years for the first time in team history. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you are watching live. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, flying solo. But of course, you can check out my co-host David Harrison over at BucksGameDay.com. And follow all the action on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at D Harrison82. Again, we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. Download the game by visiting ultimate gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo locked on all caps in the game. The biggest story in this one, obviously, is the Buccaneers beating the Panthers 30 to 24 after trailing 21 to 10. In the fourth quarter, another fourth quarter comeback from Tom Brady, who finished with 432 yards and three passing touchdowns, as well as a rushing touchdown. But the story here is the Brady to Mike Evans connection finally getting on track. Evan finished with 10 catches for 207 yards, two off of his career high, three touchdowns, touchdown receptions of 63 57 and 30 yards and things started off kind of rocky with a drop by Mike Evans very reminiscent of earlier in this year now he wasn't going to take this one all the way in for a touchdown ball was a little bit underthrown but Mike Evans made the adjustment turned around the ball hits him square in the stomach and falls incomplete but that didn't stop Brady from looking Mike Evans way and Evans finished with a game high 12 targets and the connection that has eluded the Bucs all year seems to have caught fire. Now, what does this mean for the Buccaneers moving forward? Quite simply, what it means is that they kind of got that, that monkey off their back, right? It was one of those things where David's used basketball analogies on here before. I'm going to use one as well. When a, when a player is just ice cold, and all of a sudden you just need that layup, You just need to see the ball go through the hoop one time, and all of a sudden, you start to get back into rhythm again. You start to feel it again. And it got to the point where you thought that maybe Tom Brady and Mike Evans were forcing the issue, trying to force that connection and force that chemistry to return to what it normally is. Instead, they come by it naturally through the progress of the game. Mike Evans got a couple of easy, short looks, After that drop in the first quarter, and all of a sudden, things start to click a little bit. Brady gets enough time from the offensive line to sit back, let Mike Evans get open through the secondary, hits him on that first bomb. All bets are off at that point in time. 
It was that layup. It was seeing the ball go through the hoop for these two guys for all of a sudden things to shift dramatically back in place. And even when the offense was struggling, even when the defense had some breakdowns and allowed Carolina to score, Brady kept going back to that connection because they knew they had it back on track. And that proved to be the difference in the game. If you go back to Friday's episode, one of the things that I said I was confident in was Chris Godwin. And not to, you know, not to take anything away from Chris Godwin because of Mike Evans' phenomenal game, but Chris Godwin had a rough start as well. He he converts a big gain fights for the extra yards, fumbles the ball away. Very first pass after that fumble, Brady goes right back to Chris Godwin. He finishes with nine receptions on nine targets for 120 yards, 13 straight games now for Chris Godwin with five or more receptions, extending the longest active streak in the NFL. And all of a sudden, you take a look at this Buccaneers team, Brady and Evans back on track. Chris Godwin, still the reliable guy, moving the chains, making those tough catches in traffic, knowing he's going to get hit. And you have Ryan Jensen on the cusp of returning. Ryan Jensen returns to this football team and everything is different. The run game is different. The protection for Brady is different. The amount of time that receivers have to get open in the secondary, extend their routes, go for larger chunks. It's all different. And now the Bucs have solidified a playoff spot where it's even more likely that we see Ryan Jensen suit up and play center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. Now, it wasn't all great. For the offense, obviously, they had some stalls. They had some bad plays. The running game, once again, could not get on track. But, dude, Kate Otten, I have been in your corner all year long. I have been pounding the table for you all year long. Cameron Brait is a game day inactive, meaning, Otten, you're the dude. You're the guy, and you're making me look like an idiot. Two receptions on six targets for 17 yards. Now, he did have a 27-yard catch called back because of a penalty on Chris Godwin. He did draw a key pass interference penalty late in the game. But if Kate Otten is going to be the guy at tight end, he can't have any more performances like what we've seen over the course of the last two weeks. He has shown too much promise early on in the season to regress to the point that we've seen him lately. And now, because of that regression, because of the bad drops, tight end isn't a factor in the passing game at all. Defenses do not have to account for the tight ends in the passing game until the Bucs prove otherwise. So, Otten, it's on you. It's on your hands to get out of this funk and make the tight end position a more viable threat For this Buccaneers offense, if you want Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Julio Jones and Russell Gage to continue to be able to get open and move the sticks, because otherwise they're just going to shut down the receivers and force the running game, force the tight ends to beat them. And there's nothing that we've seen that said that is going to happen. I want to take a quick jump over into the chat real quick. We have... Uh, we have Viper in the chat saying the defense was rough. 
Give me a second, Viper. Give me a second. We're going to get to it in just a moment. Uh, Richard, on the flip side, Anthony Nelson. Anthony Nelson is a dog, man. He has been playing his butt off the last couple of weeks. Massive play by him in the fourth quarter. We have uh, we got Young Suds, the Buck. Finally made it to a live show, ladies and gentlemen. LFG, let's make some noise in the show. Appreciate you jumping in. Glad you could finally make one of the live streams. And uh, we got David Jackson. Punter is the player of the game. We're going to hand out game balls in just a little bit, David. We will get there. But as I as I mentioned, we are going to talk about the defense and tell you whose stock is up and whose stock is down in just a moment. But first, I am really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team. Play through the season and lead your team to glory. You are responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, making free agent signings, and navigating your franchise through free agency, through the draft, all the ups and downs, all in this challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable online. Play on the go, play as you want, and when you want. Locked on Bucks listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code LOCKED ON. All one word, all caps. Very important, all caps. Use the promo code LOCKED ON in the game store. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate gm.com. Com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday. Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. Locked on NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. There was something going on in the defense that I want to address before I get to stock up and stock down. And we can dive into this more when David returns on the next episode. But this is something I saw a lot of uh, running the Bucks Nation Twitter during the game. And I want to address it on here. Some of you may agree. Some of you may disagree. This is my stance on it. Antoine Winfield Jr. got a whole lot of hate in the Twitter mentions that I saw because of the game that he had. Defensive pass interference early in the game, got called for a defensive holding. He was the one in coverage on the DJ Moore touchdown, and he was getting he was getting beat up pretty bad by Bucks fans on Twitter. I'm going to say this. Antoine Winfield Jr. was set up for failure. In this game, I will absolutely not back down on my stance that Antoine Winfield Jr. is an all pro caliber safety. I'm going to say that again. All pro caliber safety. Antoine Winfield Jr. was lined up at slot corner for pretty much this entire game. And he is not a slot corner. I understand 
you're beat up in the secondary. I understand you're missing Carlton Davis. You have Jamel Dean back. You have Sean Murphy bunting back, who played another outstanding game, had a huge interception in this game. But Antoine Winfield Jr. is not a slot corner. You have Zion McCollum, who has had his ups and downs and his growing pains. You have D. Delaney. You have other options that actually are corners in the NFL. And instead, you take your best safety and move him out of a position that he's one of the best in the NFL at doing to put him at slot corner. The only time this paid dividends is when Antoine Winfield Jr. came screaming in on a corner blitz out of that slot position, got to Sam Darnold, and took him down. Other than that, I don't know the reasoning or the method to the madness that Todd Bowles had in basically making your secondary even weaker by removing your best player from his natural position to a position we know he struggles with. So I'm not here for the Antoine hate. I am not here to listen about how bad he is because it's simply not true. He was from the jump in this game set up for failure. Going to jump over to the chat real quick before we get to stock up, stock down. So we have uh, we have Malcolm saying it would be nice to beat the Falcons and having have a winning season. I absolutely agree. But I did see someone up here. You got to give me a second to scroll up and find it. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I I there's been a lot in the chat. I did see somebody say uh, that they should bench all their starters in the next game. You already have the division locked up. You're already going to the playoffs. Bench them. Don't risk anything, especially with Donovan Smith, Tristan Wirfs, Vita Vea. These guys that are battling injuries, Carlton Davis. I, I agree to a certain extent. You don't want to put your players at risk, but you also don't want to limp into the playoffs with an eight and nine record coming off of a loss to a division rival. Um, we've seen now back-to-back fourth quarter comebacks. We have now seen in this game, the offense start to really get things going and get more comfortable. You want to kind of build on that. I wouldn't bench them all outright. At the very least, you want to see them play the first half and try to keep this going a little bit. If if you're up by a comfortable margin or even if you're down, uh, you can you can pull them at halftime. I don't want to see all these guys inactive and then limp into the playoffs. But let's talk about stock up and stock down. My stock up, uh, shout out to Jonathan in the chat. You already know what's happening. It's Mike Evans. No doubt about it. My bold prediction was that Mike Evans was going to get the 83 yards that he needed to pass 1,000 on the season before halftime, and that's exactly what he did. Then he continued to go off, and uh, he is now over 1,100 yards on the season. He averaged 20.7 yards per reception. The connection with Brady is on track at the right time. And again, I don't want to see the Buccaneers risk that by benching all of these guys next week. You want to see them build off of this momentum a little bit and really continue to grow and get this offense on track. Then you're looking at possibly getting Ryan Jensen back in a huge, huge playoff game that you now get to host. 
most likely against the Dallas Cowboys. Mike Evans has had some problems all year long, hadn't scored a touchdown since week four, had had some really disappointing drops, had been frustrated, you could see it, and to have this kind of explosion, it's it could not come at a better time for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's talk about stock down a little bit. I, uh, I want to see you guys throw your stock down in the chat. I have to mention it again, two weeks in a row, Kate Otten, it continues to hurt my soul. But again, it's the exact, I didn't even change my notes from last week. Too many drops, too many mental mistakes. You can't have it. It is making the tight end position a liability on an offense that needs every weapon it can get. Kate Otten has got to get this figured out. But my other stock down, because I didn't just want to repeat last week's verbatim, I this one also kind of hurts a little bit to have to say it because it's another guy that I've been in his corner pretty much all year long. I've defended him when people were down on him, but it's Joe Tryon Shoyinka. And and it, it may be odd to hear uh you know from from people based on how often his name was called because of how much pressure he was getting on Sam Darnold in this game. But look, Joe Tryon Shoyinka has gotten consistent pressure all year long. He doesn't have a finish. We have seen way too many times Joe Tryon Shoyanka get his hands on the quarterback, get his arms wrapped up around the quarterback, and yet somehow the quarterback still is able to get the ball away to evade the sack and just move on to the next play. Stuff like that can lose you a playoff game. Tryon Shoyinka has to learn how to finish these plays because a sack in a playoff game can change the game entirely. A opposing quarterback avoiding a sack can also change the game entirely. He has got to finish these plays. He shows a lot of promise. He shows a lot of athletic ability. He shows Again, the the very consistent ability to get pressure, but he has to be able to finish things out. Jumping over to the chat for your stock downs. Uh, Viper, yeah, I can't say I disagree with you. Stock down. Co-Keefed, Ryan Suckup. I'm not going to jump on the Keefed bandwagon so much. One target, bounced off his helmet, could have been intercepted, but he's mostly in there to block. He doesn't get a whole lot of targets. Um, but Ryan suck up rough day, rough, rough day. The block, it was a great play by Carolina misses the extra point. Not good. <clears throat> Excuse me. The 53 yarder. Again, I put on, on the head of Todd Bowles, Ryan Suckup's long in pregame warmups was 52 and you're trotting him out there to kick a 53 yarder. If it's 50 or more suck up needs to stay on the sideline. He can't make them. And that's okay. Like, honestly, at the end of the day, you want a kicker that can make those. If you're in a playoff situation, you need a field goal to tie or to win, and you're having to kick it from 51, yeah, you need that ability. But next week, you know, in in game situations where it's the second quarter and it's fourth and one and you're opting to kick a 52-yarder, no, leave suck up on the sideline. Because guess what? If you go for it on fourth and one on what would be a 53 yarder and you don't get it, the opposing team's starting field position is going to be worse by you going for it and not getting it rather than them getting it where the ball is spotted to kick the field goal. 
It's bad decision-making. You know your kicker can't do it. Inside 50, Suckup has been pretty reliable all year long. The extra point miss was kind of an anomaly. He's been pretty solid all year. Outside of 50, he doesn't need to see the football field unless it's absolute, pure, and complete desperation. Uh, Jonathan says stock down on Julio. I'm, I'm not going to agree with that one either. He wasn't as involved in this game as he has been in the past couple of games, had a fantastic 13 yard run on an end around. Thanks to a block by Chris Godwin, who sealed off the edge. Julio did make, uh, I believe he had one catch, one or two catches. I don't have the, the stats up in front of me anymore. He did what he was asked to do. Didn't have any terrible drops or anything like that. He just wasn't called upon very often in this game because Mike and Chris were doing everything. Russell Gage came up with some big catches too. So yeah, I'm, I'm still okay with Julio and his involvement still gives you another weapon out there. If, if Brady needs it, we know Brady likes to throw him the ball. He's contributed pretty well over the last couple of weeks, but we are going to hand out game balls coming up next. But first, if you are looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you've got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. I put on a little bit of the pounds, uh, and it's because I love sweets. I'm a sweets guy. You know what's going to help me with that? Reaching for a Built Bar instead of a Reese cup. Because what makes Built Bar so good? They're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. I get my sweets, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. I'm, I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with 17 grams of protein. Way better than the sweets I have been putting down my gullet, and now you don't even have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, another one of my favorites, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. So if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with Hit Flavors, Brownie Batter, and Churro. You can thank me later. Wrapping things up here on a live reaction episode of Locked on Bucks after the Buccaneers have punched their ticket to the NFL playoffs by winning the NFC South back-to-back -back years for the first time since the NFC South became a thing. That was way back in 2002 when the Bucs were the first ever NFC South division champions, went on to win the Super Bowl. But it is time to hand out game balls. Jumping over to the chat uh, real quick. Jonathan says game ball to built bars. Yes, absolutely. They are delicious. Um, Malcolm says Brady stock went way up today. I agree 100% Malcolm Brady played a phenomenal game. We're going to talk about him in just a moment. Real quick, Viper in the chat. Hainsey is low-key doing well. Robert Hainsey, you can't say enough good things about him. He has stepped up in a very difficult situation, replacing an all-pro center. And you know this was a guy that played guard at Notre Dame. He has never played center 
until the Buccaneers drafted him and transitioned him to that position. He has stepped up and played very, very well. Very proud of, of what Hainsey has been able to do. Very excited for him. But let's hand out game balls. I uh, I want to see your guys' game balls in the uh, in the chat. But the first game ball, again, who do you think it goes to? It goes to number 13, Mike Evans. Second most receiving yards in a game in his career. He was one reception or three yards away from setting the record for most fantasy points scored by a, I believe it was by a non-quarterback. It might be the most fantasy points ever, but it was a record currently held by Tyreek Hill for his game against the Buccaneers in the regular season back in 2020. Unreal game. Second ever game with three touchdowns for Mike Evans. That ties a career high. And of course he extends his NFL record to nine straight seasons with a thousand yards to begin a career. He is now two seasons away, two more 1,000 yard seasons away from tying Jerry Rice for the most consecutive thousand yard seasons in NFL history. Absolutely incredible. Game ball number two today goes to the man that got him the ball on those 10 receptions, 207 yards and three touchdowns. It's Tom Brady. It was by far his most passing yards of the season. He was under a lot of pressure throughout the day, was sacked a couple of times, ends up with four total touchdowns. But most importantly, most importantly, after a rough couple of game stretch, no turnovers from Tom Brady. No interceptions, no fumbles. He protected the football and looked like the Tom Brady that Buccaneers fans have come to know and love. Tom Brady with an absolutely phenomenal game. You really, really hope that this, we've talked about it all year. You don't want to point to things and say, that's the turning point. That's the turning point. You look at a turning point in retrospect, but you really have to hope that this is the moment where the offense finally snaps out of this funk and realizes, hey, we can still absolutely dominate defenses at the drop of a hat at our will at any moment in time. Before I get to my last game ball, I want to jump in the chat and see what everyone is saying. Let's see who the uh, who the game balls are going to. Uh, got a couple of Mike Evans in here. Uh, game ball Vita Vea for recovering the fumble. How about big man Vita outrunning everyone to jump on that fumble forced by Anthony Nelson? That was absolutely fantastic. David Jackson in the chat. SMB had a great game also. Maybe a game ball. I'll give him my honorable mention. Uh, Sean Murphy bunting three straight games of playing just absolutely fantastic football. Really glad to see, uh, see the way he is trending in the right direction. And uh, finally, we are going to get down here. We got Gary saying Mike Evans is his game ball. We got Richard saying SMB game ball. I am, uh, I'm going to give the third game ball to Jake Camarda. And the reason I'm giving it to Jake Camarda is because he legitimately might have saved the game with one of the most wild plays I have ever seen in my life. So the Bucs take a delay of game. It is now fourth and 10. They're punting the ball away with just over 40 seconds left. 
and the snap is terrible. Jake Camarda recovers it. He's under duress, running for his life. He doesn't get tackled. He doesn't just throw the ball away. Jake Camarda, in that moment, had the wherewithal to punt the ball away. Not only did he punt it, but the ball dies at the two-yard line. I know, ineligible player downfield, it's a flag, it's a five-yard penalty, they have to do it all over again. But it doesn't matter. Jake Camarda, in that moment, had the, the situational awareness to know, don't throw the ball to try to turn a broken play into a first down. Don't take a sack. Don't run out of bounds. Just kick the ball away however you can and hope for the best. And in doing so, he ran 11 seconds off of the clock before having to pump the ball again. That entire sequence, running the clock down, being forced to punt another time, may very well have saved the game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and helped them clinch the NFC South. It was an incredible play by a rookie punter who was calm, cool, collect under pressure, didn't panic, and hats off to him because that was absolutely unbelievable. I had to give him a game ball for that play and that play alone because it was that important and that impressive. Rick in the chat says, penalty or not, the punter's play saved the game. Absolutely. Richard, Camarda rugby kick. You love to see it. It was incredible. It was just such an awkward angle for him to have the ball in his right hand, drop it as he's running to the side and still be able to kind of stick his leg out and kick the ball and have it go all the way inside the five to be down by Zion McCollum. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Malcolm in the chat. Is Jalen Hurts playing next week? I have, I honestly, I have no idea. I would lean yes. The Philadelphia Eagles are probably still going to be playing to secure the number one seed in the first round by. My guess is he plays, but I have, I honestly have absolutely no idea. Uh, Young Suds in the chat. He was running out of bounds and angled back into play. Such a heads up play. Such an absolutely incredible heads up play. David in the chat says, thanks for your input, James. I literally listen to y'all every day. David, we appreciate you so, so much. We appreciate all of you for joining us on this live edition, for, for joining us each and every single day. We thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or view every day. Make sure you subscribe to the NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. Locked on NFL available on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back tomorrow with another episode. David will be back. He'll give his thoughts on an absolutely wild game. Until then, of course, you can check out what he's doing over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. And, of course, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRGo underscore Bucks, and at Harrison 82 Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. A happy new year to 
each and every one of you. Make sure you are staying safe, staying healthy, and firing those NFC South champion cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.